Hey, welcome to the 1138 Podcast, a podcast where I interview people I know who have lived great lives for God. My hope is to encourage you to go forward in the name of Jesus with your life. The world is not worthy of my guests, and I hope you're encouraged as you listen. My name is Rudy, and thanks for catching up with me. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining in to listen again. I have another great conversation with a friend of mine. This time it's with Matt Moore, who lives down in Austin, Texas, my former home and still a home in my heart. It's where our kids were born. It's where we learned ministry. It's where we grew up in the faith with uh, good friends and family. And so we love being in Austin and we love that the Moors are there. Matt called me in 2020. We have history together where we'd see each other at conferences, through the similar uh, churches. He was in Michigan as a University of Michigan grad. I was down in Austin and Illinois as a University of Texas grad. But we just liked hanging out together. And yet we didn't really talk to each other beyond that. We, 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 I wouldn't say we were really friends beyond that per se. But Matt in 2020 called to check in on me. And he said, hey, I just want to see how you're doing. And get any any life update. And it turns out when he called, I was at a low point in life and ministry. And so I'm so grateful that Matt picked up the phone to give me a call and check in. And since then, we've been talking regularly for the last several years. We've seen each other in person several times. His family will be out here in a week. So we're going to get to enjoy a few days together. But Uh, Matt's become a good friend, and I really appreciate him. He's coaching pastors. He's leading a local church. He is um, coaching missionaries, and he's leading and serving in his community. And so I think you'll enjoy the conversation with Matt. Like I said, um, we've known each other for several years, and so stick around to the end, and I think you'll get some great wisdom from Matt, my friend. So without further delay, let's get to it. Well, hey, welcome to the podcast, the 1138 podcast. I'm here with my friend Matt Moore down in my former home, Austin, Texas. I wore the cap for the sake of honoring our connection to the great city. Um, Pretty excited to have Matt on. Matt, we've been trying, what, for a couple of months? Yeah, three or four or five. Holy cow. Holy cow. Well, we're finally here. And I made Matt a promise because I've got a, another podcast coming up pretty soon. And the promise between Matt and me was that he would get on the podcast before this next podcast conversation. So glad to tell you, Matt, you barely made it, but we're in. We're in. So anyhow, I wanted to say a few words here about Matt. Um, when I think about Matt, Matt reached out to me from what I remember in 2020, he reached out to me and, and he said something like this. I I remember where I was. I was upstairs in my bedroom, got a phone call and Matt said something like, Hey, you were just on my mind and my heart. And I thought I'd reach out to you. And I remember feeling like, Wow, Lord, that's so cool because in that moment, I was going through some really hard stuff that Matt would soon find out about 
you know, in the next couple of months. But at that time, it just felt a little out of the blue, but super helpful to me. And, and so I started like, just going, wow, Lord, you're, you've been really kind to me through Matt from a distance. But going back in time, I just remember Matt and I were in the same ministry. We'd see each other at conferences. He was always the coolest dude, coolest shades, coolest shoes. Him uh, and Josiah, just, no, I'm serious. Great style. Look at him. Like, just good looking man. Just, man, he's just a friendly, kind demeanor. And that's all true. But as I've gotten to know Matt over the years, I just see a huge heart to serve people. Like you include people in your life. I was at his church recently and I see that in his living room. He cares about people. He he loves helping people follow Jesus. He spends a lot of his time coaching others on how to just live unto the Lord. Uh, he loves the word. He loves studying the word. He loves teaching the word. He doesn't actually do it as much as he used to probably, but he, I know he just loves it. He loves connecting with the hurting, broken, inside and outside the church. And I've been wanting to get Matt on this podcast for months, as we said, because I think he's just lived enough life and gone through enough hardships to say, man, this dude has a lot of wisdom to offer us on what it's like to be a leader in God's church, but also just to follow the Lord through ups and downs, trials, tribulations, moving parts of the country, all sorts of stuff. All right, so Matt, Hebrews 11.38 says, the world was not worthy of these saints of old, unnamed, you know, gone through all their sorts of their trials. And honestly, Matt, I know you're my friend, but I'll just tell you just heart to heart, I believe that about you. What do you think about what I just said? Uh, I think uh, that's very kind. Um, I, I remember, uh, I remember when we started. We moved to Austin in 2012, June of 2012, and uh, pastor church for a year, and then left that to church plant. And we were in the same church network, and uh, yeah, we were at your old stomping grounds here in Austin, uh, and. Uh, like you were always so encouraging. Um, like I felt like each conference you'd like seek me out and be like, brother, I'm so excited you're there. Like it just does my heart good. Uh, and we were going through just a lot of discouraging times and it felt like, man, is this thing going to make it? Uh, I mean, there are issues within the church. And um, I just remember like, man, you were always so encouraging. And I've, I've never heard anyone, like that was everyone's impression of Rudy. Like Rudy is a great guy. He is so encouraging. And so we made the decision to uh, switch networks. Um, I'm kind of like, man, uh, out of the people there that I haven't like, that I don't already have like history with, like friendships of, of decades, I'm like, man, like, I'm just going to reach out to Rudy and try to keep in touch with Rudy. Um, so that's when I was like, you know, I'm just going to, you know, we're, we're in a different network now, but I'm like, oh, I just really appreciated you. And you were always uh, so kind, so encouraging. And I just thought, man, I'm like, I, I want to be around Rudy more. So mm -hmm. that's when I was like, I'm just going to call him. This might be weird because we'd, 
we'd chat at conferences, but that was mm -hmm. largely our overlap. Um, mm -hmm. We'd never been in the same city at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, yeah. So since then, I feel like we've developed like a very close friendship and uh, my family goes to Fort Collins every year now. That's kind of yeah. like our tradition. And it's, it's so wonderful. Um, and my family loves Rudy's family. And so it's been fun to see that happen. The first time we went, I, I told Rudy this, we were, we stayed at a Airbnb on the, on the west side of Rocky Mountain National Park. And then we stayed with Rudy a few nights and we were driving there. And my kids were like, who's Rudy? Like, we don't know this guy. Like, why do we always yeah. have to go visit your friends? And I'm like, you like all of my friends and this is my vacation too so why would I take you to a place that would that you would hate because I would just wreck my time uh your mom's time and now like they're just the kids are always like dude when we get to see Rudy we want to go hang out with Brooke we want to go hang out with their family uh so it's been fun because they they love it and we'll be there in June and it'll be uh it'll be so yeah. fun uh yeah. the family looks forward to it uh and so yeah, we uh, we love it, and so you've been encouraging. Uh, I mentioned you at a intensive get together. Uh, one of the things I encourage some of the pastors is just if you find people who get you excited about Jesus, like you leave their presence, you're like, man, I just I'm excited about life and faith. I'm like, figure out how to get around those people as much as you mm -hmm. can. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was like, like. I was like, my friend Rudy in Colorado. I'm mm. like, we have regular calls. Like, I make sure it happens. He makes sure it happens. Um, I was mm. like, we go see them. And like, it just breathes life into me. Uh, and so mm. find those people and then do whatever it takes to make sure you're around them because it just encourages your life. So I would get around you at the conferences and be like, all right, what we're doing is this is good. Like God yeah. is in this and I yeah. do love Jesus and I want to follow him more. Yes. Uh, and so that's kind of like what you bring, I think, to a lot of people. Mm. Wow. Wow. That's, wow. That's encouraging. I can tell you, uh, I told you guys, Matt coming on the podcast has wisdom to offer. So right there off the, out of the gate, he's saying, find people that spark your heart for the Lord. Right. And yeah, to keep going. I just think that's putting my own spin to that. But I, I mean, right there, that's awesome. And, you know, I can tell you that, as Matt just said, like, it was actually Matt that first said, hey, let's start getting some time to talk regularly, because we would talk, you know, sporadically. And then right. Matt's like, Matt's like, hey, do you want to do this more often? And I'm like, yes, that's, I mean, I just kind of live in life and the next thing's coming. And and it was Matt that put intentionality to that. And I've really appreciated it. We've probably been doing that for uh, over a year or so now, I would guess. I don't know how long we've been. Yeah. Yeah. But we talk basically every other week, you know, we, we catch up and, and it's been great. And we talk about the past. We talk about the future. We talk about our kids, our families. Like, I feel like not only because we've spent time together, but Matt and I get to spend time together as dads, as pastors, as husbands. And um, he's been a real blessing to me. You know, Matt's mentioned a couple of times about coming out in, I guess y'all are coming out in just under two months now. 
Yeah. But that started a couple of years ago. And our family's been like, yeah, this is awesome. You know, like, you know, the kids are similar ages, some of them. Um, we He has a Kyra, we have a Kira. And so I don't usually say the kids' names on the party. I hope that you don't mind that, Matt. But, you yeah. know, um, you know, so yeah, we've got even similar name kids. Um, and then I won't go into all the details there, but uh, there's been stories of like, ping pong battles in the garage and uh, golf cart rides around the neighborhood and i don't know it's really fun i think our wives will probably go hiking together matt and i can go grab a coffee <laughs> or right. beer. Yep. A beer probably better better than beer but um anyhow so yeah it's been good really getting to know each other just building a friendship and you know it's really around the lord for sure but i think just similar interests as well and Matt, Matt's really helped me a ton. All right, Matt, but not everybody knows you like I know you. So tell whoever listens, all our listeners here, what are some of the roles in your life? Yeah, so uh, husband, my wife and I have been married 19 years now. Uh, <laughs> father, I've got four kids. 17, 15, 12, and almost uh, 10. So uh, girl, boy, girl, girl. Um, I lead a small house church here in Austin. Uh, I work with a church network uh, called Elementum, and they focus on college and young adult ministries. And so I do a lot of coaching, one-on-one uh, -on -one group context. Um, various trainings with them so that's that's elementum that's a uh, role I have and then I also the missions organization that Rudy and I are both with Reliant I do support raising coaching for some of the missionaries there sometimes in like a group cohort some some one-on-one -on -one. Uh, so those are kind of the main uh, roles I have outside of like our Jesus type thing um, yeah so I have multiple hats I wear. Uh, I try to make sure no one gets too much of me. Uh, so <laughs> I feel like there's a limit you can have. And so like, uh, like, okay, this is any more here and I'm probably going to lose this role. So I try to spread it, keep it, keep it thin. <laughs> okay. So uh, the way you just put it, wearing multiple hats, do you like this stage of your life and would it be different at a different stage of your life to wear multiple hats? Or or would you prefer to have one big hat only? Oh, man, <clears throat> this gets into my like midlife angst. Oh, well, that's why I ask it because I wonder <laughs> just thought, different yeah. seasons. Are, how similar yeah. are we? I'm curious. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, so sometimes I feel like having one role uh, and that kind of focus would be um, I, that I think I'd like that. So it would allow me to, to probably go deeper into any of the like one roles. Um, but uh, I think the wearing the having the kind of like three three roles now, I think is is, healthy for me it's uh it's given me um a path to uh really use the 
the giftings I have and then kind of the experiences of like ministry in different contexts and to really pass that on to a younger generation. So, um, but yeah, there are some times where I'm like, oh, if I just did one thing, would that be simpler? Because I'm juggling multiple schedules and pastor's availability, which is largely who I deal with, you know, that's that's hit or miss. And, you know, so there's a lot of like scheduling things that go on. Um, but uh, I think this is a really good and healthy fit for me uh, right now. And I feel like uh, I've done campus focused ministry for like 20 years, which is very rare. Uh, but I'm, I'm no longer the boots on the ground guy uh, on like the campuses. But I still have that heart. Like I still love the campus. I, I, the need is only getting greater. Um, mm -hmm. And so this keeps me connected in a way that I think is uh, more helpful and relevant and beneficial for the, the kingdom of God. Um, and if, you know, I was planted at one place uh, or if I was, I think then it would, it would mean I'd have to stop having campus connection as much because it would probably be more like a senior pastor type role or maybe something in that realm, which I'm not, I'm not really interested in. Um, yeah. Uh, I think this allows me to have a lot of interactions. And one of the things I've always enjoyed most about ministry is like a lot of the strategy and the planning and organizing and systems and thinking through different problems and, and things like that. And so that it's a lot of that and much less execution. And mm. I, I don't know how I have executed for years. I don't know that I'm the best at uh, some of that. Um, mm. So I think this leans maybe more into my strengths and having to do the majority of executing, which has been a lot of my ministry yeah. experience. Hmm. Well, you know, sometimes I get, I usually get this question more than I do now, but I, but I do think it's still lingering out there, probably for some of our listening audience as well <clears throat> so i'm curious if you have anything to say about this but you know um essentially how you're not executing on the campus right now but it sounds to me and i and i know your role specifically but it sounds to me like you're, you're saying is is you are really coaching and coming alongside people that are executing in various cultures and contexts, but kind of targeting that college and, and young adult age. So I'm curious, you know, the statistics are coming out on the different generations and all that. And I heard something recently, actually, it was really interesting, probably should talk about it sometime. But I'm, I'm curious, could you like, help us understand if, if for anybody not associated in young person specific ministry, or to any of us parents who are involved with that age, you know, do you have any insights through the coaching side that you're hearing? Like this is this these are the changes in our culture at that age demographic. Does that make sense? Do you have any insights to that you can offer us? Yeah, I mean, I think um, 
So I'd say what I'm hearing, because all of the pastors I work with are young adult college focused, so 18 to 25 year olds. And so um, I think, uh, so a lot of the, uh, see, so, uh, trying to make it concise. So I think um, we're definitely post-Christian attendance, is, like being at things is iffy where I think like you know like your committed people they're there every week I'm like your your committed people are probably more there like two or three times a month now seems to be what people are wrestling and up against um I think one of the biggest I think it starts on the campuses and then you see Mm -hmm. it kind of go Mm -hmm. through the culture Mm -hmm. um is that like uh where I think like for you and I like late 90s early 2000s there was still like an idea of like christians are moral people i disagree with their morals or whatever but um and and now i think one of the things that a lot of these uh young pastors are up against is a culture that says actually christianity is immoral and is what immoral immoral like now we've lost that uh so it's kind of like well the things you believe are hurtful, damaging, uh, and immoral and wrong. Um, and so I think that's a difficult thing to wrestle, wrestle with. Uh, and, and I think there's a lot of, uh, kind of pick and choose beliefs, uh, which Mm. is, I mean, a lot of these, like, if you look back through church history, they've all existed. Uh, I think this is a shift for us recently, the, people are experiencing mm-hmm. um mm. you know it's kind of like well I like this aspect but i don't agree with christianity on this 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 so i don't believe those things um mm. and yeah so it's kind of like you kind of it's like a choose your own adventure with god uh it's like you kind of dictate the terms versus god uh being being the one who's like this is who I am. Yeah. This is what it means to follow me. It's kind of like, well, agree with what you seem to say here. And so I'm not going to take that part, but I like the other things you say, I'm getting them all from the same source, but I'm selecting which of the parts that I Mm. I'm comfortable with or Mm. uh, enjoy. And I think that's, uh, that definitely creates some challenges. Okay, another question along the same lines. Though. All right. Um, so you might have heard this uh, recently. I think an article came out maybe in the last week or two. Um, uh, and maybe others are saying this, maybe they're not. To be honest, I, I'm not going to quote the source or anything like that. But just for the sake of conversation, um, this guy was saying that every generation going back to the boomers so boomers until now have been identified as a group of sorts like there's some contextualization that organizes the the generations but that this current generation is disassociated um, because of technology social media whatever the various things are that they're contributing to a less organized culture where there's still a generation uh, unto themselves 
but that generation, this generation is being defined more individualistically. So therefore, when you try to care for or minister to this new, this young generation, you really need to treat every individual as an individual rather than, you know, come at it from a, a cultural beacon or some sort, like some identifier. Um, and I thought that was really interesting. I've never heard anybody just say it that way. Maybe it's kind of where everybody's talked about decentralization and individuals and postmodernism kind of plays into that and all that. But what I haven't heard is them say, and thus it really is actually an individual to individual ministry that will care for and reach, if you will, this generation. It cannot be a collective mindset. I'm curious if you've seen that or or kind of kind of coached that or kind of wondered about that as well. Um, that felt interesting to me. That seemed interesting to me. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I, mean, I think that's one of the challenges of doing ministry right now is it's so hyper individualized and to see yourself as uh, you know, part of a body, you know, that, that Paul talks about is kind of like, well, I don't really like that. Like I'm my mm. own thing. And there's so much of like, I define my reality. So how mm. I, however I see myself, this is, this is how I am. Uh, mm regardless of, all right, well, maybe that's accurate, but I think we're all susceptible to self-deception. So it's kind of like, well, maybe uh, there's some truth in there, but there's probably some lies in there as well. But uh, uh, even even those words like truth and lies are, are you know, less, less applicable or relevant uh, to how people are thinking. Um, so, yeah, that is that is interesting. Um, I mean, it fits with a lot of I think church culture, where it's almost like marketing to people, uh, or uh, at least there's that's definitely been a, a trend where it's kind of like you're marketing, you're you're selling this, mm. and mm. Um, uh, so yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean. And I think, I mean, what does that mean when you're trying to do outreach or lead people into a deeper walk with Jesus? Uh, uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I feel like ministry and building trust and letting people see like, okay, this person's honest, uh, they're genuine, uh, takes longer and longer now. Uh, yeah. And um, I mean, that's challenging. It's like you're always playing the long game now. Uh, mm. I think often in campus ministries, often it's like you you may pour into this person the three to four years you have them, and you may really never see the fruit of that. <laughs> like yeah. that may come later where they uh, <clears throat> grow and mature, um, where I think it seemed to happen maybe a little quicker. Yeah, wow. That that I mean, you don't you probably don't even know how much you're speaking to my heart. Um, because you know, I've got two college kids now as well, and in my in our family. And 
and it you're taking me back to a conversation I had with a pastor friend of mine in Minnesota. Shout out to Simon Wong. If you're listening, Simon, if you're not, gotta check us out. But you know, Simon, Simon's like uh he, he and I were college roommates at, at a leadership training. We did ministry together back in the day at Texas. And I remember years and years ago, Simon said, man, I, I kind of envy you as a pastor because the work you guys get to see happen in somebody's life from 18 to 22 is something that in my, in my uh, community church context might take 10 or 15, 20 years. And so he was speaking to the, to the rapid um, growth that we see with college age kids or students. But if I, if I'm not, if I'm hearing you right, what you're saying is some of that may be slower now with the college group, whereas back, I think 10, 15 years ago, it was probably like you could, you could run through, through uh, students pretty quickly through a leadership run, if you will, and see real leadership grow. I don't know if that's what you're saying. That's what I heard you saying. Is that what you're kind of getting out there a little bit? Yeah, yeah, I, I think I think there's that, and then and then it's interesting to think back to like people who I went to college with who were like following Jesus passionately or were on staff or had gone into ministry, and to see how many have fallen away mm. would no longer consider themselves followers of Jesus, mm. um, mm-hmm. and just seeing like uh, yeah, sometimes I wonder did we like were we pushing uh leadership too quickly or uh like um yeah i don't know yeah. I, I don't think I, I don't know if i could know um but you know, a lot of the the vision of hey here's how we're going to change the world like when you don't see that happen uh on a, on a grander scale is that disillusion disillusioning for people and um but I think you, you know, I think that's true if you're looking at man the the impact of Jesus on a lot of individuals. But if you're looking at it like culturally, Christianity is going to be kind of dominant. Uh that doesn't seem to be the the path that our culture's having, but I think often that's kind of like the vision, like if we all do this, look what will happen. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. I think if uh yeah sometimes i wonder like i've i've i'm i've definitely cast very large visions like that but would it have been more helpful for me to cast a vision of you know if you're you're married love your spouse and your kids really well and Mm. point them to jesus and love the people who live in your neighborhood or who you work with and Mm -hmm. see jesus move there versus you know we're gonna change the whole world uh and i mean i believe jesus can change the whole world uh but he's, mm-hmm. he's probably not going to use me to do that but i think he will use me with the people who are right around me mm-hmm. um so yeah those are all thoughts i've had those aren't fully developed uh <laughs> so uh yeah yeah okay those are more amusings like i wonder uh did this contribute to some of see one of the reasons why i love talking with you is i think you 
like you spark like you spark questions and thoughts for me and well you and i we've talked like we've mentioned we've talked a lot about some of these things and how they fit into our context and things okay but i do have one more question <clears throat> it's a little more personal as it relates okay. to all of this subject i think we're talking about because you mentioned the um what you're seeing with the coaching i think this is where you brought it up that um <clears throat> by the way i swallowed some water wrongly so still got something in my throat but we'll press on okay so um you mentioned like your engaged church people are attending fewer and fewer times per month on average <clears throat> and i'm curious not using names necessarily but just thinking about our families or close loved ones or people that we just man if we could pour everything you know great commission like teaching them everything we've been taught and we want them to follow the lord all of their days we want to do the same what is that does that change like our expectations for our own families for our loved ones and close close friends and relatives should in other words do we just say well that's the trend and that's the that's where that's what everybody's doing and so that's that's what we should expect or do you have a sense for that's not ideal it's just what it is or are you kind of resolved to say your family is going to be a certain way just like are you following my my thought train here how do you process that because that's not how you and i grew up uh, i'm curious yeah. how do we live into the future satisfied or or um encouraged or like godly um anyhow you get the point i think <clears throat> uh yeah so i mean i think gathering together as followers of jesus is absolutely essential like there there isn't christianity apart from community uh so um i think um so i would push against the cultural trend and say mm. like no we want to see this um but i think it has to be god drawing their heart to the community versus like hey this is a legalistic you know we're going to track our attendance and make sure you're there every sunday versus mm. if someone isn't there reaching out and being like hey we missed you you know mm. like we love having you around. Um, I have a smaller church, so it's easier for me to make to do that. But mm -hmm. you know, if if someone's not around me, do miss them. Um, mm -hmm. Like they contribute, even if they don't feel they do. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, and I think like that's that's the power of the body is that hey, we're all in this together. Um, I think. Uh, yeah. So I mean, yeah, I I I don't think it's a good or healthy thing to move uh to that. Uh, yeah. you know, like I oh, just kind of like occasionally do it, but I think if they're going to get perfect attendance, you know, if that's kind of like the goal. Mm -hmm. Um it's like, all right, well, what's the heart issue going on? Um mm. 
you know, are they known? Are they loved? Are they cared for? Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. I don't know if that was a non-answer. No, actually, it's not. Well, you said it, but push against the trend. That's the clear. Yeah. I mean, and and that's that's helpful to me because I I think I, I I'm I'm wrestling with that stuff. So I I think it's really helpful. Okay, switching gears a little bit. Um, I've got a lot of questions for Matt. So, but uh, oh well, uh, you know, you know them. I think <laughs> so. What are you passionate about? And let me let me caveat that question. Like, what gets you up in the morning? What are you passionate about? But the caveat for you is because you mentioned earlier, you're tapping into my middle age. What was it? Your middle age, my midlife crisis, midlife. middle age, kind of like, yeah, uh, yeah. So, uh, tie those two thoughts together your midlife crisis, middle age, manhood, mean, with what are you passionate about? What gets you up in the morning? And I'm gonna, I'm looking, I'm wondering if you're gonna say something that. <laughs> Anyhow, keep going. Uh, so, um, so I mean, I think so. Uh, when I was first going into ministry, um, uh, as a college student, when God kind of, I have a degree, uh, like I, so, I went. My wife and I, we both went to the University of Michigan. That's the if you're yeah, watching, go blue. I might go blue. They've had a good couple of years in football. Yeah. Uh, which, which has been helpful um, for my soul. Um, <laughs> but uh, I mean, I think there were things where I'm like dreaming big with God and feeling like a call to go to go into ministry um, to uh, like to to sense like all right, I think I could serve the body uh, in a pastoral role. And church planning was always uh, just something that I was drawn to. Um, and so I feel like looking back, God's like a lot of the things early on, I feel like God had answers. I was able to go on staff. I've been a part of two church plants. Um, wanted to be, uh, like a primary communicator and, and all those things, um, ordained those type of things, uh, and looking back, I'm like, okay, a lot of the things early on that I was dreaming about uh, being a part of, uh, like God's answered those. And now it's kind of like, all right, well, I'm not interested in any of that stuff. Um, <laughs> now, as far as like, uh, uh, like my prayers are very different now, I guess. Um, it was, used to be, all right, Lord, how can I, um, I'm I'm best kind of serving through a lot of leadership thing, and now I feel like uh, I'm much more passionate about like all right, I want to be I want to be healthy, like spiritually. Um, yeah, like I I, I, I want to be a, a really good husband, um, uh, a good father. Uh, you know, I want people and my church and the, the pastors I'm connecting with, like to pursue Jesus in kind of a healthy way. I think a lot of churches should probably be doing less. Uh, uh, 
I think the pace often for for pastors and you I I've talked about this is there's no real margins, mm -hmm. um, so it's hard to be available. Mm -hmm. uh, and not having margins is almost like a badge of honor. Like, mm -hmm. oh, well, I'm so in demand and I have so many things and we're doing so many things as a church. Um, and I just think, I'm like, man, I don't, I don't know if that's close to the heart of God. Um, mm -hmm. Like, I want to see young pastors and these ministers that I'm connecting with uh, get and really stay healthy and engaged uh, for the long term. Uh, and so, um, I think my, my crisis is kind of like, what does this look like for me now? Uh, like the, the, the goals feel different. I feel like they're maybe more tangible or it's like, okay. And it wasn't like ego stamps. Like when I'm like, oh, I'd like to be like ordained or recognized as a pastor. It wasn't like, okay, so now I have this badge. It wasn't that. It was a way to, to serve. Um, and so, all right, what does that look mm. like now? Uh, and I think mm. there are definitely aspects of uh, ministry looking back that I'm like, all right, that probably wasn't the healthiest uh, pursuit. Mm -hmm. um, and there was a lot of good uh, uh, in uh ministry and then there was probably a lot of like unhealthy kind of ego that was mm -hmm. you know under the surface maybe I don't think it was ever like super apparent looking back I'm like all right I know my heart on my best day I'm like a mixed bag I mm -hmm. think uh and um mm -hmm. so yeah I feel like now uh looking at like, all right, what's healthy? What does it look like to have margin to be available? Um, to, to help people focus and maybe do less, but do that, do that, do less, but in a healthy, more focused and intentional mindset. Mm -hmm. um, like I think, I think often churches can, are kind of like full service. Like we have to have all these like different things I'm like, well, what if you just didn't? And you're like, well, oh, this is what you're looking for. This church does this really well. Mm. And we're just not set up to do that. Mm. Um, uh, I think, um, yeah, a lot of the pastors I meet and talk with are burnout or close to burnout. They're wearing lots of hats, uh, doing a lot of different things. Um, mm. And I think in the midst of that, it's, I think it's often spouses and kids or health, that physical health, that eventually, uh, you know, there's a, a bomb that goes off there. But mm -hmm. it's kind of like, well, you're slowly, slowly putting a gunpowder dynamite. You're stacking sticks in one of these, you mm -hmm. know, and so it was only a matter of time. Um, but I mean, I think that's, that's really hard. Uh, yeah to it goes against uh, i think a lot of where our culture is headed of like you know values and you know mm -hmm. work and be busy and, and a lot of those things mm -hmm. all right so then that makes me wonder um and feel free to if you don't want to answer this that's okay 
but is there something specific <laughs> excuse me something specific i'm sorry y'all if you're getting copying in, in the podcast um something specific in your life and i'm thinking covid like um, when you talk use the word unhealthy or healthy i'm thinking okay 2020 covid 2021 one way we could describe the world maybe was unhealthy whether it be literally the virus or the combativeness or the lack of person to person touch and whatever all sorts of unhealthy um, but I'm curious if something happened in your life that brought you to a place of saying, whoa, I am not healthy and I want to work, I want to see change in this. Or was it just, you know, hey, you just happened to read a good book and realize, oh, health is health matters. Like, how long has health mattered to you, I guess, in that sense? And was there a catalytic event that got you to think about this more? So I think uh, as far as like, uh, like physical diet exercise, that's never been, uh, like I've always had a, an interest and focus on that since I was, you know, always growing up. But as far as like spiritually healthy, um, I think, uh, I think COVID was helpful and that it made everyone kind of stop. And I think for, for us, we had some students, COVID hit, everyone left. They graduated or didn't come back from LT. Um, and then when I moved into more of a coaching role, um, there, there's a, it's such a behind the scenes thing. No one sees it. <laughs> you know, like, I don't think any of the churches uh, that the pastors I'm at are at have, would have any idea that, that there's a guy in Austin, Texas, who's you know helping their pastor process things. Um, and so mm -hmm. I think that's been different uh, and I think really uh, healthy and helpful for me. Yeah. Um, uh, and I think over... I mean, we were hoping, we were praying that the church plant here in Austin would be like a church planting hub uh, and sending out churches, which I believe in church planting. Um, you need churches to be sending out uh, those things. I look and I'm like, man, that would be so unhealthy for mm. me. Um, we're, we're taking on too much trying to do uh, like a Sunday service and, and those type of things with a mm -hmm. smaller team. Um, so we were doing a lot of that. And I just remember feeling like high stress. Uh, we wrestled through issues uh, with staff and like just sleepless nights, feeling like there was a weight in my chest. Mm. Uh, and just looking back, I mean, like, man, how many of those things were really necessary or healthy, or how many were pursuing a good goal in an unhealthy way? Sure. Or maybe, maybe a goal that wouldn't wasn't something we should have been pursuing. Uh, mm. And um, yeah, feeling like uh, a lot of my time and energy went into 
prepping for an hour gathering uh, versus more being with people, having availability. Yeah. So I think moving to more of a house church is helpful for that. Um, even just uh, one of the reasons I love working with younger pastors, uh, and these are a lot of like really, like I'm like, man, these guys are, these are high caliber leaders. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, okay. Um, but helping them think at a younger age, like, wait, is this something that's sustainable? Is this, because mm-hmm. they have seasons where you're like, mm-hmm. oh, this is the sprint. Like in campus mm-hmm. ministry, like you're looking at August, September, and probably early October. That's your sprint time, mm-hmm. um, you know. And you're going to be somewhat exhausted, uh, but that's not a bad thing. But are, is your overall life? Are you like, is this is this healthy or sustainable? Mm-hmm. Or and if not, um, what does that look like? Yeah. I was talking with a, a church planter um, a couple weeks ago. <clears throat> And they're really early, like they're like three months in and he's super busy without much margin. And I'm like, this is the honeymoon stage. <laughs> like you're going to be in big trouble if you don't make any changes is, you know, like the amount of demands on your time, like uh, are only going to go up. Uh, and I mean, I think that was me. And I think there's some of that when you're younger, you have the energy and the the drive Mm -hmm. and the, yeah, there's more of that. uh, And I think that's good and healthy and necessary. Mm -hmm. But having someone who's a little further down be like, this is good. You need to keep this, but you need to, to tame it a bit so that you can do this and be healthy and not lose your soul in the process of like, yeah. like your soul connection to Jesus uh, in this. Uh, um, yeah. Okay. That makes me two questions popped in my head. When you're <laughs> We're just going to keep okay. going. This is yeah. Yeah. Well, I, so I hear you saying this and maybe I'm, again, maybe I'm mishearing you. Well, the question is this, what resources would you offer anyone listening who's interested and kind of looking at their life and thinking, I I think I need some more health, spiritual health in my life. And I'm, and I'm going to answer my own question with something you just said, and then you can elaborate if you'd like. Um, and yeah, please elaborate if you have more, but you, it sounds to me like one of the things you're, you're recommending is, is coaching spiritual director, some kind of a discipler mentor, somebody that could say, wow, that's great. Now, how do we make it sustainable or something along those lines? And then my second question, I'm going to pick it, give them both to you so you could think about it but you just you've been mentioning jesus jesus a couple of times and uh i don't know if i've ever asked a podcast conversation person this question but but who is jesus to you what does he mean to you all right those are the two so resources if you're interested in becoming healthier and who is Jesus to Matt Moore? <laughs> and who who is Jesus? Um, so just a couple small ones. 
uh, how do you yeah. get healthy and who is Jesus? Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, good. yeah. This is what we do on the eleven thirty eight podcast. <laughs> okay, uh, I mean, so uh, I mean, I think as far as resources, uh, I don't have anything profound to give anyone. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like being word, being the word, um, a lot of pray. Um, mm-hmm. I'm strong in the word and. I mean, I'm I'm weaker in prayer. Like that's mm. like it's it's not hard for me to like work to get into the word. Um, and but prayer is something I have to be more focused and intentional with. Mm. Um, and then community. Uh, like I feel like uh, uh, I'm the only pastor on the ground here, um, and so it was really important to me to seek out people who have known me for a long time, people who like inspire me to follow Jesus. I have uh, like four guys that, uh, I mean, one I've known for over 20 years now, I think. Um, uh, And so like people who've known me when I was single, Matt, like married, have seen that. And so I have regular calls with these people because it, uh, uh, they've known me a long time. They know the questions to ask. They know how to to push my buttons. They know the questions I don't want them to ask, uh, and they ask them. Um, mm. And I've given them permission and gave them the questions. Like, can you ask me about this? Um, so I think that's really helpful uh, to to really seek that out. Uh, I think finding people outside of your immediate Christian community uh, is helpful, mm-hmm. uh, especially if you're in leadership. Um, there's a group of pastors that get together here in Austin um, that are have been super encouraging locally. And then uh, my other friends are spread out, like one's in Denton, Rudy's in Colorado, one's in Pittsburgh, one's in Michigan. Uh, mm-hmm. have regular calls with them some it's every other week some it's you know once a month uh, mm-hmm. but having that is really healthy which mm-hmm. you're like yep <laughs> word prayer and the community it's like yeah oh. that's why i haven't written a book i don't have yeah <laughs> i was about to ask you that like, i don't know yeah. um yeah so i think uh i think those are things that have been um really helpful for me is i mean i think getting outside coaching has has been really helpful for me uh as a as a pastor and leader um i i mean i'll give you uh, like just a practical thing i i wish more churches did as far as health would be to make it really easy to remove ministries and very hard to add things to like the church yeah, like i yeah. wish that it seems to be the opposite like hey we want to launch this great launch it uh you know i i wish there was a longer process because i think if churches did fewer things and were more focused people would be healthier more freed up wouldn't have leader burnout and volunteer burnout and uh i, I think there are healthier rhythms um mm-hmm if it was really hard to add something like, Hey, we're thinking of launching this. All right, cool. Mm-hmm. We're going to table that for and pray about it for two months. Um, you know, and, and kind of like drag that out. 
Mm -hmm. they're like, hey, we're doing this group, 10 people showing up, the same 10 people who are showing up Sunday morning, they're showing up at this time. We're just going to try to combine those. Boom, done. That one's easy. Mm -hmm. We're going to take something away. <laughs> we're going to eliminate this you yeah. know, Thursday night thing. Yep. Uh, um, it tends to be the opposite. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think word, prayer, community um, are like the three things. Coaching's good. And I think, like mm -hmm. I said earlier, like find the people who, when you get around them, you're more excited about Jesus and his church and people uh, and um, work. Uh, ha make an awkward phone call to someone like Rudy and be like, hey, <laughs> hey, uh, I always appreciate our conversations. How are you doing? Uh, you know, Life's falling um, apart, Matt. Thanks for calling. That's right. <laughs> Like, ah, cool. Well, I feel that. Uh, let's talk. Um, yeah. But finding those people being, um, yeah, don't be afraid to just be the initiator. Uh, and, and your true friends, you won't always be the initiator. Uh, mm. But look, there's, there are seasons where I'm the initiator. And mm. there's others where, you know, like we get caught up in it. And then friends like, hey, we haven't caught up. I'm like, oh man, thanks. So, yeah, uh, finding those people in your life uh, and reaching out uh, mm. and then getting around them as much as you can, whether that's Zoom or phone or in person. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think those things have helped me get healthier, um, stay in ministry, stay engaged. Um, stay connected to Jesus, connected to my wife, kids. Um, like our calls, I get off and I'm just like, man, I love Rudy and I love Jesus more now. This was great. Like I'm always like, <laughs> my wife will uh, get home. She's a teacher here in Austin. And like, ah, oh, Dr. Rudy, this is how, this is how it is. And, uh, yeah. Um, I, I feel uh, similarly, bro. Just, just for the record. <laughs> well, thanks. That's that's good. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, I think as far as like getting healthier to try to keep going, um, yeah, word prayer community, find those people. I mean, I think who is who is Jesus? I mean, I think there's kind of like the theological. That's not what I'm asking. Truths, I know. Like the. <laughs> He's my savior. He's, you know, you could go through those, but I mean, I just think he's he's been uh, like a friend, a comfort, um, just a uh, a uh, presence in my life, and a uh, and I mean, the, the in the deepest way, um, um, it's just shaped uh, me, uh, my family. Uh, my friendships, my life. Uh, but, um, yeah, I, I mean, it's sorry, it'd be like, I don't, what would life without that be? And I, I wouldn't even, I don't, I don't know. Uh, uh, mm -hmm. Like, it's just so, it's kind of like, what would life without my wife, Christy, be? It's like, mm -hmm. well, uh, like our lives are so inter intertwined. And, it's mm -hmm. like, and then with, with Jesus, it's like there's this eternal aspect to it. Um, mm. So yeah, 
<laughs> that all sounds really like nebu nebulous, but uh, but it, it's not. It's like very personal, uh, but difficult to put in words. Like mm. yeah, there's like aspects of like friendship, um, you know, comfort, conviction. Uh, yeah, the the most important relationship I have, I guess, would be the most concise way to do it or to, to say it. Yeah, I think Matt, one of the one of the reasons why I wanted to ask that Jesus question is um, because in in my life when I around Christians and particular for me it's it's Christians that I I get concerned about in my own life as well like when I'm introspective and when I'm looking around to my close friends and loved ones is I in the in the leadership world of church not everybody under, maybe understands this but we'll pull back the curtain a little bit I think to say and maybe you disagree so that's okay but I tend to think we can get into the mindset of, well, here are the steps, here are the principles, here's the wisdom. Now just go execute it and you'll see some form of results. But that's not real life in the sense of who Jesus is. Those are just like his teachings or his ideas or whatever they are. And they can't be separated from him, really. However, ultimately, like, okay, like, that's, that's not really as important. What's more important is what you're saying. I think that relationship, it's hard to put into words, he's all these things to me, and more. And I guess the simple way I put it is like, he's not he's not an ideology he's a person um but sometimes it's hard to remember some in the pursuit of ministry really probably the pursuit of caring for people we just want to put into practice the principles or the ideology or the philosophy or put whatever ology onto him but i know that's not how you live it may come out at times in coaching or leadership or whatever but that's not that's not ultimately who he is he's not a he's not a philosophy he's not an idea he's not even just a good teacher or principles he's your friend he's your comfort as you were saying um I don't know. I just thought it'd be fun to hear in your own words, who is he? Because I know you enough to know he's not just an idea that you can coach some people on. So. Yeah. I, I think church-wise and just culturally, we like the formula. Like, what do I have to do? So like church planning, which you and I have both been involved in, it's often, you know, like, here's the playbook. Uh, I want to run these plays and this is how the church will look. And in one, three, five years, this, you know, that's mm -hmm. like, uh, and we want that in our walks with Jesus as well. 
Mm. Like, oh, so I just need to have a quiet time and I need to, you know, read these verses. Here's how to pray. You know, like, okay, cool. I do these things. And uh, I don't think either of those really work for uh, like a, a authentic church planting and not just getting church grow, uh, like church um, uh, transition from people going from one church to another and then even then our walks it's kind of like well uh yes we love programs um Mm. but relationships aren't like that uh Mm. you know um my wife isn't interested in a programmatic (laughs) relationship you know like neither are my friends If, if all of our times were like, Rudy, this is when I'm asking this question and this is oh. this. And, and now we have a very good uh, relationship and the boxes are checked. And uh, uh, but I think often we approach spirituality and our walk with Jesus that way. I think often we approach church like, oh, this is the new program or this is the new leadership. This is a new teaching series or the, uh, all these type of things. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm, I, I like checking boxes. My personality is very much like, uh, all right, how can I systematize this, make it efficient to run really well, but, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, relationships and people, it doesn't work that way. Okay. That makes me think of this and we'll come to a close really soon here, but, um, I was recently at Matt. Matt's house um, in Austin, and uh, we sat outside in the back for a few, I don't know how long, maybe a few hours or something, we were chatting and just catching up in person, and then I, I went to Austin to see Matt and to be a part of their church gathering, and I was really encouraged to be there, and and then I had to drive back several hours to where I was staying um, in San Antonio. And when I was at their door and I was saying bye, they were all at the door. And I was like, I don't want to leave. Like, it felt like a, yeah, like, I don't want to get to my car. (laughs) Like, I want to just be here. And and it makes me think the way I was raised was every time we parted ways with a loved one, um, if we were the ones staying and they were leaving our home, we were raised to stand outside and see them all the way down the street. And um, so I would use, I've never put this word to that moment, but I would say, linger is the word that comes to mind and i just wanted to linger in your home a little longer no i mean i knew i couldn't i don't live there you you'd kick me out after a couple weeks you know um but like i wanted to linger and that's what makes me think of like us in the lord it's like yeah i just want to linger with jesus more because I, when I get those moments, I, I really don't want to just rush off. And I'm looking forward to the next time I get to linger, you know. So 
I don't know. That's that's my way of phrasing what you just said. I guess is um, yeah, lingering with with the Lord. Um, okay, closing off. Uh, I think you know this, Matt, but I started the podcast to encourage Christians to keep going, just to to not give up. Little did I know COVID was coming and all that. It was going to get hard. Little did I know the stuff we were going to go through. It was going to be really hard to keep going. My dad, as the years went on, he started using a phrase, go forward in the name of Jesus. And that was, I never really put it all together until actually, I think he passed away. And and it, it came to be, for me, like a blessing. It was, I think it was his way of kind of saying, don't go in your own strength. Don't do it on your own. Just go with him and let him do his thing, that him being Jesus. And um, yeah, so I started the podcast with that in mind, like, because I just think life is challenging and we all have our version of whatever that means but I want to be a part of helping people keep going. And you've alluded to that a few times with our relationship. I think how we do that for each other, but now you get to do it hopefully with our whole podcast audience. So I'm curious, any kind of final words, if you will, on guys, don't give up. Like what encouragement do you have for people listening to go forward in the name of Jesus? Uh, um, I think following Jesus is hard. I think it's only going to get harder in our culture. Um, but I, it's worth it. <laughs> Hopefully that's somewhat encouraging. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, oh yeah. I mean, I feel like I don't have a whole lot that I offer. I'm like, we be in God's word, pray be in community, get around the people who keep you excited uh, about Jesus. And uh, I feel like I don't know many people who uh, are very intentional about those things. Uh, mm. And um, uh, the, the walk away from Jesus. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. So, um, <laughs> yeah so those are my deep my deep concluding thoughts for you fantastic and, and i i love that because um i think it's i think it's tested and that's a whole other conversation and i think we have talked about it but i gave i gave to be what i believe to be my life message at a mutual friends retreat shout out to free up in Michigan, um, free again. If you're not listening, bro, got to get on. But anyways, and we should, I should interview free, don't you think? I should have a conversation with oh, yeah. free. Yeah, be a great convo. Yeah, it would be, yeah. Way better right, than this one. I don't know about he's, that. He's got some really good insights. <laughs> he's a cool guy. But, uh, you know, I gave, I think it's my life message. Um, and ultimately, it really kind of came down to that. Like, well, spend time with Jesus in his word. Pray. Be around people that keep you going. <laughs> so 
Maybe we should collab on a book someday. <laughs> be pretty short. Yeah, yeah. You like write it, books. and I'll write the forward. <laughs> I like short books. <laughs> okay, Matt, where can people find you? Social media? Are you on social media? I don't. We don't interact on social, but I'm. I mean, I have a Facebook uh, account and Instagram and Twitter. Uh, I haven't been on any of them in four years. So you're welcome to follow me there and to well, enjoy, enjoy to, the silence. Yeah, if people want to follow up with you, how how can they how can they reach out to you? If they're down in Austin looking for home church, if they're if they're like, uh, man, I need to hear yeah. more about this. I need some coaching or whatever it may be. How can people find you? And yeah, we'll leave uh, it in the show. Yeah. Uh, email, phone number, email, M-O-O-R-E-M-J at gmail.com. I have multiple other email accounts for the different things I burner, do. Everything, everything goes to one. Burner yeah. accounts. I know you. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, reach out via email or Dr. Rudy, he'll give you my phone number. Um, yeah, I've done that before. But, I mean, I'm on, yeah. I mean, I have accounts. I just haven't been on social media. I'm, I'm introverted, more private person as far as like social media goes. I have no problem sharing all of my life and stuff. I just don't feel, yeah, social media. I've tried to do it. Like I had to put to-dos in. I do, it just doesn't occur to me to post something somewhere. I'm like, and if it does, I'm like, why would anyone care? It, it'd mostly be an account of sarcastic, dry comments about things around me. And I don't know that the world needs more of that. <laughs> That's probably a smart move. Uh, do you have a website? <laughs> no, no website, no book. No uh, book. I do have it. I, I do have an email account. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll post that in the show notes. You can find Matt through email if you're looking for him. Uh, hit me up. I'll send you directions to his front yard if you want. Just kidding. People all the time. It's great. He's got a great backyard you can chill out in, in Austin sometime. Uh, you'll find him at my house in just under two months. Uh, but don't come here then because we're going to hang out and get some one-on-one face-to-face oh, time. It's going to be so fun. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Um, I like this words of wisdom. I'm going to say them here because Matt said it, but maybe this could be for most of life. Subtract quickly, add slowly. If you want to get healthier, it's probably a pretty decent way to live. Um, all right, Matt. We'll end it there. Thanks for being so wise. Thanks for being my friend. <laughs> He's got a lot more no. he could offer. I know, I know, but no. most of that is it, most of that has to come through one-on-ones with him. So, uh, reach out to Matt. His family's awesome. Um, they'll host you. Make a killer salsa. Well, thanks, Matt, for coming on the podcast. And I look forward to seeing you and Christy and the kids here in about a week or so. Uh, We'll have a good time here in Colorado, especially if this smoke clears out. That's a whole other story, listeners. And thank you to the listeners uh, for sticking with me these last several years. Um, 
I, I really enjoy podcasting. I enjoy the conversations that I have. And of course, these are friends of mine. And so I do hope that you're enjoying them as well and getting things out of them that'll help you go forward in the name of Jesus. And so um, with that said, would you rate us? Would you like it? Would you subscribe? And would you help us keep going in that way? Um, I really appreciate everyone who texts me or calls me or lets me know, hey, I listened and that was really a blessing. So we're going to keep going um, and we're going to try to keep helping other people go forward in the name of Jesus. And so uh, for this episode, that's going to do it. I do have a new episode already recorded. I'll be working on to get it uploaded with a special guest. I've not known these people a very long Um, Actually, I think we met in January of this year, and so we're not long-term friends, but I do think you're going to want to listen. So subscribe so you don't miss that podcast. You're going to want to listen to the next podcast that I'll upload because um, it is with a former uh, world dignitary, which is pretty remarkable, and they've got an amazing story and an amazing ministry, and I'd love for you to listen. So until that time, um, let's go ahead and encourage one another, and I'll let you go at this point and say, go forward in the name of Jesus. All right, thanks.